Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast, and it's primarily about music and creative culture in London. Today's guest is Sam Belcher. I was introduced to Sam through Ant Henson, who is on episode 160 of this podcast. He was my first Skype interview. In reaching out to Ant, I also asked him, among other things, that I'm looking for a drummer. Is there anyone he'd recommend? And he said he has this friend, Sam, who drums but also teaches drums. So maybe if Sam himself isn't available, he might have some students who could be available and interested. So I reached out to Sam. And as tends to be my habit these days, I will reach out to someone if it's something to do with this field or whatever, asking for something specific. But I'll also mention I have a podcast and I'd love to talk to you for it. Some people reply just for the thing I'm asking about and maybe say they're not interested or ignore the podcast. Some people don't reply at all. And I think anyone who's been a relative nobody sending out emails, cold emailing people, I imagine you're all familiar with not getting any responses from some of the people you email. But Sam not only responded to my inquiry about drummers, but also responded to being on the podcast he said yeah sure i'm up for it we arranged a day and a time and that is what you are about to hear so this was recorded monday the 3rd of june and i went to his current location which is as i say in the episode right near cambridge heath station it was our first time meeting so we had a bit of a chat before i started recording for the podcast and i'll just say a heads up apologies he's sitting on a bit of a squeaky chair which makes a little bit of an appearance during our conversation. But otherwise, the audio is as tip-top as it often is on this episode. So Sam and I get into how he got into drums in the first place, what brought him to London, the bands he's been in, and just his journey within music in general. And the future looks very bright for him as well. So this is me talking to Sam Belcher, the owner of Bang Drum Lessons and the drummer of the band The Haypennies. Enjoy this chat, and I'll catch up with you again afterwards. So, I am just about three minutes away from Cambridge Heath Station. I am in a rehearsal studio, practice studio. What, how would you call where we are? Um, both. Yeah. Drum studio, teaching studio, rehearsal studio. Just somewhere that I can put my drums up and play, really, isn't it? And would you kindly introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes, I'm Sam Belcher. I own a music school, a drum school specifically, over in East London, and I'm also in a band called the Haypennies. So how long have you been in this particular place? So this particular place has been about five months, six months, but um, that's because our current studios at the moment we've been moved out of um, just while we get some work done. So. This is only a temporary thing, but we'll be back in our old studios within the next few months, I'm hoping, to be fair. But I've been in East London, and I've had studios up and down Nair Street for about the past, well, since I started the business, so eight, nine years, something like that. So, drum teaching. How long have you been playing the drums in general? So, Christ, uh, 17, 18 years, somewhere around there. And how did you start? I started because I, how old must I have been? I'm, I got into, I got into secondary school, mm-hmm. and I'd always listened to music. Parents putting it on, blah blah blah, this that and the other. 
but I think it was when I hit secondary school started taking like proper music lessons and seeing people I remember seeing a lad in a, a Nirvana hoodie uh-huh. and just thinking the hoodie looked cool yeah. <laughs> so I was like oh I'll listen to the I'll see what it is and let's yeah. listen to the band and I remember hearing that and being like like that is that's cool stuff man to be fair and it kind of birthed out of there I think as soon as I hit secondary school I just kind of that's kind of when you start maybe exploring yourself personally yeah, as, as you grow up but then your musical tastes start coming into that as well mm-hmm. and Bob's your uncle I, I was just playing I, I was always tapping and so someone was like why don't you try the drums and so yeah okay. did and here I am <laughs> in, in East London <laughs> in, in, with a few studios under my belt so when I was getting into secondary school, I hadn't quite found my music yet, but my school had a music program and I got the violin. I didn't stick with the violin. I'm kind of kicking myself now, but at the time I was like, yeah. You always do with the classical ones. Exactly, though, same with the piano. Yeah. Like, I'm on the bus, like someone else played guitar, I'm like, violin isn't cool, no one cares I play this. <laughs> <laughs> did you take to the drums straight away? Like, where you So like, yeah, I, like, I, I fortunately did really well. I'm quite logically minded as well, so it just got my grafted to it, um, and I, I picked it up very quick and smashed through a lot of my grades. So I, I was kind of hooked because it worked with my personality as right. well, like that. So, like, it, it just went, yeah. yeah went so you, really like, well. learned learned drums, as in going through the grades and the theory and So, everything. yeah, so as soon as I, so I started going for lessons straight away, and because um, I was of uh, a younger age, they, they count towards, your grades count towards your UCAS points and stuff like yeah, that. Absolutely. So people suggest it anyway, but um, I was doing really well, and so my teacher was like, look, don't really need to do the grades but if you want to do the grades it will help you and stuff like that so we did the grades and we did other stuff on the side and just kind of built it up through there and wow. then again I used those grades then to get into Manchester University and do a music degree there kind of thing so it was definitely worth it but yeah. just because of that age though, to be fair. sounds pretty sweet now as I can very much attest to because I'm currently looking for a drummer I imagine you must have been like gold dust for people starting bands. Uh, yeah, I was doing all right to be fair. Like drummers are always in a bit yeah. of demand. Yeah, they are. Um, <laughs> and so um, the music scene that I was part of, um, just on the outskirts of Birmingham and stuff like that, was um, was great. And so, and if I remember, <laughs> there was literally only like one other drummer in in town that everyone knew at least at our age when we were like yeah. 16 17 or something like that um uh, who people knew of around so yeah so it was either me or him <laughs> that we were, you know. swimming in bands yeah. i imagine <laughs> were there many places to rehearse things like that many so, gigs to um, play, so yeah like uh, there was a really good scene um uh, there um and there was a there was a small town called tamworth literally just down the outskirts of birmingham was kind of where i grew up i grew up on like in birmingham and this place called Tamworth Sutton Tamworth kind of thing like that Um, and um, Tamworth had a really good scene at that point because there was I I, I don't know why I think everyone was united in that kind of like we were talking before about the the, the final two scenes of that so it's either indie or emo kind of thing because there was a real good scene to that at the time Uh, and so many people wanted to play music there's loads of people trying to play uh, 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 play together and so and there was some, uh, some, just some decent little venues around there was a good, good pubs that kind of brought a lot of people together from the various secondary schools around because it was like pound a pint on a Thursday in Bonds and so everyone went there and so you meet loads of people and stuff like that and then there was, a, there was just loads of venues like assembly rooms in town there was um, above Bonds there was another bar that had a place where you could uh, where you could play like and then obviously Birmingham is Birmingham so you play all the time around there so 
yeah it was just a decent there was just a decent scene there yeah um, and then when everyone kind of grew up and moved out and it was a steady decline of the of the high street Tamworth because it was an outer line thing, uh, just kind yeah. of went down and so then the music was sucked out but I'd already up sticks and gone to university by then but it's a bit yeah. sad going back there like uh, periodically yeah. uh, through university and when I first moved to London go back and just see it go down <sighs> bit by bit by bit like that bit heartbreaking yeah. oh what this used to and be yeah and I used to play there and <laughs> oh yeah but now it's like a costa or something yeah. like that you kids today you got no idea <laughs> what this town used yeah, to yeah, be exactly so it sounds like things are pretty sweet in Birmingham at the time a perfect breeding yeah, ground to yeah. become a drama yeah. you moved to Manchester for university what are things like there? Manchester's decent, yeah. Great fun, to be fair. That was a continuation of what you're doing in Birmingham. So, like, because I, I was there at university um, uh, doing a music degree, I was um, I was there just uh, just having a bit of fun. I was playing, definitely, but I was more playing with the people that I lived with or some people on the course. We were, we were always writing stuff and doing stuff for the course. Okay. Um, and so we definitely gigged bits and pops, but it wasn't huge or massive. Admittedly, I actually gigged less during university than huh. I did um, back in Birmingham or since I moved to London as well <laughs> like that so going to university to go and do a music degree I actually end up gigging the least amount <laughs> but I was still playing a lot but yeah. um, but it was more t- geared towards the university stuff okay. as well and then admittedly we were partying quite a bit as well, well so that's, that's what being a student's about <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, I was networking in a different way yeah, yeah. I, w- I went to university in Huddersfield so Leeds and Manchester were the regular places to go for gigs. Leeds is decent, yeah. Leeds is pretty good. The yeah. Cockpit was my favourite venue. Love that place. Yeah. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. So, after you finish University of Manchester, do you stay there for any period of time? No, I had already had a taste for London life when um, my um, uncle invited me down one time and he, at the time, lived on Portbello Road at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's done quite well for himself down here. Um, and I remember I was about 18 or 19 so just as I was going off to university and I came down and he showed me and he just took me around uh, around town and we went up into Soho House um, and parties up there and met some people and like I remember meeting some random I can't remember who it was uh, there was loads of, uh, there was some there was a manager of a band there definitely a big band that I met and my uncle had some contacts and stuff like that. He, he just—it was all over this one weekend that I remember, uh, and it came over, and it was just—it was raucous. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was really good fun though. At the same time, it was about eighteen, nineteen, uh, and I was just like, Christ, like this is where this is where I want to be. Like this, like Birmingham's all right to be fair, but you yeah. come down here and you you meet the people and you like yeah. and you get in certain situations and stuff like that. Oh, it's wicked. You caught the bug. So yeah, you're itching def- to get back as soon so as you can. literally as soon as I finished, as soon as I graduated, uh-huh. yeah, I, I asked my uncle, could I crash at yours? <laughs> like for a couple of months while I find my own place. Yeah. Did exactly that, stayed for there for about two, three months at his eventually found a place. I did actually start a course, like a like a advanced diploma kind of thing, master's course in West London. Mm-hmm. Um, they were called the Tech Schools, I think. Now they're Brighton Institute of Music. I think oh, yeah, Bim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think they bought them out, something like this, anyway. Um, and um, uh, yeah, I, I, while whilst I was kind of like just finishing that course then waiting for graduation which is a couple of months isn't yeah. it and then it's September October I was thinking like oh shit like, I want to move down to London and mm. then I, I had that drummer that I told you about that 
back in Tamworth, yeah. Birmingham. The other drummer. The other drummer, yeah. yeah. He'd gone to the, and done a course similar at the same place. Oh, right. And he was like, oh, it is actually quite decent, to be fair, like that. Like, you should, if you want to go and try it, get definitely give it a shot. And so, and that's, I saw him just as I kind of like finished my, my university as I popped back. And I was like, well, I might actually do and go and try and see that. I wanted to be down in London anyway. So yeah. I just kind of applied for that, got in. Um, then graduated, came down, moved in with my uncle, found a place in a in a house of twenty people in a in a shared bedroom. But I, I was sharing a bedroom with someone. <laughs> I'd used up all my government funding I, I, in, at university, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I had to. Uh, I had to. <laughs> wow. um, and um, yeah, moved in with a mate who just got a job down as well, and we were sharing a bedroom, mm-hmm. a single bed each. In a house with like twenty people, wow. so I'm pretty sure it was illegal that place. <laughs> Definitely. Welcome to London. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then worked this course, and then gigged and did various bits and bobs that I could. Tried to do a bit of teaching on the side, and worked like a crappy catering job for for like yeah. that year while I was doing that course. And then that's where I met my business partner, Danny, mm-hmm. who I started this with. And we finished that, and it took us about a year or a bit, year and a half to get the ball rolling. And then eventually we we were dotted around various places, um, and going to people's houses and stuff. And we were like, well, we want to do these drum lessons properly. We can't go to people's houses where they might have a really crap electronic kit, or they've got no, they've got no materials, or they've got no PA to play yeah. along to tunes and stuff like that. So we were like, let's do it properly. We found a place over at just at Hackney Central. And that was about eight years ago now, and so yeah. this is where we eventually got to. So, eight years ago, you start teaching drums, like properly teaching properly, drums properly with your own teaching, company. Yeah. That's kind of a unique situation, a unique perspective, because we talked about how things were when we were younger, getting into music. I mean, imagine you get a bit of a glimpse of what the next generation is like who are learning instruments and getting into music. Have you seen tastes change much? Who are the bands that they want to play well, like? Well, do you know what? Because it's the drums, mm-hmm. You still get a lot of the people that like just kind of like their rock, so they're like yeah. like their Foo Fighters and maybe Queens of the Stone Age and kind of stuff like that. Um, and then you get people that see live bands, so maybe like some indie bands, like, I don't know, like the Vaccines and stuff like that. There's still it's like it's still kind of like an indie rock. Most of the people, co- I don't yeah. get a huge amount of people coming to me going, "I'm really into house." Yeah. Like, <laughs> can I learn the drums? Because, well, first of all, it's all electronic, and second of all, the beat rarely changes. Yeah, you know, exactly. within that kind of stuff, it's when people get into a bit more instrument music, mm-hmm. and the first wave of instrument music yeah. for most people is your indie and your rock. Not a lot of people come into me not learning, not knowing anything and being quite young and go, oh, do you know what? I really like this Mahavishnu Orchestra jazz fusion album, <laughs> you know, like, or that kind of thing. They usually come in with indie and rock. So, like, right. you do see taste, ch- not in terms of genre, you see bands change, but yeah. in terms of genres, you don't see them change much because they're, yeah. the, they're the intro for it, indie and rock. Yeah, that makes sense. So, what are the vaccines? One of the newer bands. So, so vaccines. Actually, vaccines have been around a while. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm just, they just popped into my head because I was doing. I was working with a student over the weekend, and uh, that's <laughs> the last song that I can remember that I was doing with a student. But, um, but um, yeah, I assume they've been around a while. Obviously, yeah. the Foos and uh, yeah, the Queens and Stone Age have been around a while, but. Um, so indie rock is still kind of going strong. Yeah, still yeah, like yeah, like rock. 
indie rock and roll or indie. There, there yeah. s- seems to be still going strong, <laughs> at least anyway. There's life in the old dog, yeah. yeah okay. So that kind of paints a picture of your teaching career, but what about playing in bands? How did that kind of continue to exist while oh, you were in London? So, um, yeah, as soon as... So what? So I finished that course. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of time and effort was being put into this, really, to be fair, um, um, building this this business. And I was doing a bit of teaching on the side, but I was always playing, just trying to find people to play with. A um, few people from the course. Um, I also did some uh, various open mic nights and just joined some some people. I was never really in a band. I was just kind of dithering around kind of jumping from other people because I had my focus elsewhere to be fair yeah. but I still was playing at the same time um, and I still had a few contacts so I was still playing at the same time but then it wasn't until I moved to Manor House so after after I finished that course I moved um, after about uh, another six months eight months or something like that I moved up to Manor House all the warehouses around there um, and the warehouse community there, and I stayed there for I was living there for about two years, two two and a bit years or something like that. And it was there I met loads of different people, loads of creatives and stuff like that. And that's where I started to make more contacts and play with more people. And that's where I met your friend Ant, your uh, friend and mine, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> our Anton, mutual yeah. friend. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I mentioned, Jude and a few other people as well. And I just started getting playing with various people really and then um, yeah and then after a while we continued doing all that stuff um, and the Haypennies that I mentioned mm-hmm. they kind of sprung up through one of the gigs that I was doing and blah 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 I eventually ended up getting into this band and then I've been with this band now for three four odd years now is that the only band you've been in all this time so there was a lot of crossover over that time because as a working musician as well as having this business as well there's yeah. always there's always crossover you're always doing bits and bobs um, and but when this band got more serious um, then other stuff had to stop really yeah. because I was my my job was for this this teaching job was full time mm-hmm. um, working six days a week and running a couple of different studios and another teacher underneath me and blah 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 mm-hmm. and so that was taking up a lot of time and then if I wanted to be serious um, a musician it's difficult to, to be able to dot yourself around yeah. with loads of different projects whereas if I can get with one project and they're all serious like if, mainly as well they were all super serious and are, we are still all super serious about the band as well uh, but trying to split yourself across many different things, whereas if I could just have one band and my one job here, then yeah. Bob's your uncle, it works. Like, it works really well. But it does help that this band was very focused and had some great songwriting and stuff like that, so it was it, it was an easy choice, do you yeah. know what I mean? Is this the longest you've been in just one band then? Because it sounds like, having mm. played music in general yeah. for so long, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can, at the start, it's just whoever will have you and whatever you feel like, but the more you do it, the more you can refine your choices of who you decide to play with. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, um, like I said, it was kind of like an easy choice because these boys, like, admittedly, like, my musical tastes have, um, have, have grown a bit away from, like, Indian rock and more, like I said before, into, like, progressive stuff and yeah. a bit more jazzier stuff and everything like that. But, um, these, it's like, we play indie rock and all that kind of stuff, but because the songs are really well written, 
um, and the lads are all really good. It's like it's it's very easy for me to be like that. Yeah. And it, it, it does make me look back and think, oh, there was a lot of crap I put up with with other people and yeah. this and that and everything like that. And it's been like, like I said, it's been a bit tricky with this band at various points with other bits mm. and bobs. But we've always we've always played it, been together and been really super solid together as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, everything's kind of ups and downs, but it like. The, the highs have way outweighed the lows and it reminds you of all the stuff the drama and the crap that you've had with old bands and stuff yeah. like that that we don't really have in this band it's been like yeah this is so much so much easier <laughs> you know? like it was it was an easy decision really. yeah uh, that's a really good place to be in like to be in the band in the first place and yeah. talking to you beforehand when you're hinting at what's on the horizon for this band it sounds like you're in an even better place there where the things that are about to happen are the most exciting things about the band. Yeah, so well, what's over the horizon for the so, Hayfields? So, well, hopefully now, at the moment, we're just pumping through as many gigs as humanly possible um, to earn some extra cash. Um, but we got a good reception off our last EP and various PR bits and bobs that we pushed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got some radio play, we got some um, these gigs, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. So at the moment, um, we're just in the process of earning as much money as we can and playing as much to get a new EP together uh, with potentially a producer that worked with Arctic Monkeys and um, just worked on the latest Sam Fender album. Um, so um, if that goes down well and we can get some decent PR behind it, um, the last the, the last EP went down really well and we think our songwriting is so much better than the last EP yeah. and we've got Joe on board now, our new lad. Um, so I, 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 it looks promising, very promising, because we think our stuff is way better than that old stuff and so if people yeah. were responding well to that old stuff, hopefully they'll go... Just wait till you hear we've got coming yeah, up, yeah, basically. Exactly. Now, theoretically speaking, if in the future you had to choose between teaching and being in a band, is there one you choose over the other, or would you ideally continue doing both? Well, I, I will always do both. Mm-hmm. If I don't necessarily have to teach, I can always run my business still. Yeah. And have someone else teach, and then intimately in between, like if I was big, 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 mm-hmm. then in between tours, I would then still teach and stuff like that. Like, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I want to keep this stuff going on as well. Um, but if there was an opportunity where it was like you can really have a shot with your band here and they might make it big, well, I'd kick myself. Like if 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 like I was on my deathbed and I go like oh I wish I'd tried you know like (laughs) that like so I'd have to I'd have to give it a go do you know what I mean so I'd I'd find a way of working it out I would find a way of working it out but if it really came down to it and there was genuine reason to believe that this could get big big yeah then it would have to be that because like who who would turn that down you know you gotta find out yeah it could happen. So in the meantime, the things that you are doing currently, where can people find out more about them online? So the business stuff is all on um, Bang Drum Lessons. Just search for East London Drum Lessons and we pop up at the top. The, it's called Bang. Um, and um, find us on Facebook and various bits and bobs like that. But uh, the more interesting stuff, the band stuff, uh, again, all the social media bits and bobs, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter all uh, I think the handle for all of it is at Hapenies H-A-P-E-N-N-I-E-S um, there's the website Hapenies.co.uk 
Um, it's got all like gig listings on there, Instagram, blah blah blah. It's just, just every everything's on Spotify as well, um, iTunes. Um, that's all the free stuff. If if people really wanted to be quite generous and actually give us some money for our music, <laughs> we actually um, host it on Bandcamp as well. Um, you can download it there for free. Yeah. But um, it's a, there's a little donate button as well. So if you wanted to donate some actual money and help us fund the next EP, then you which can is going to be amazing. Just just you wait. Hopefully, it should be amazing. Sam, thank you very much for your time today. No, thank you very and much. And look forward to checking out the Hey Pennies and Stage as well. Go for it, man. Next <laughs> gig is next big gig is the twenty eighth of this month. Twenty eighth. When's, <laughs> when's, 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 when's the last Friday of this month? I think that is it. Twenty eighth. Because my gig's month Tuesday, twenty fifth. Twenty eighth, it is then. Twenty eighth. Yeah. All right. Nice. Thanks a lot, Sam. And that was that. Thank you very much, Sam, for your time. I'm really, I'm almost taking for granted the fact that on a lot of these episodes that you're hearing, I met the person I'm speaking to for the first time in person. Maybe five, ten, fifteen, maybe half an hour before I pressed record, because the nature of these conversations I'm having. It feels as if, as if we've known each other for a while and we're able to get deep into it rather than the fact that he literally opened the door for me for the first time about half an hour before I pressed record. So thank you very much, Sam, for inviting me in and for a really great chat. Also, I called him the owner at the start of the episode. I think he might be the co-owner. I'm not specifically sure on his title there. But he certainly runs Bang Drum Lessons. And I can't quite find the name of the person who helped to record Sam Fender's music. If it's someone who worked with Sam Fender and Arctic Monkeys, I'm inclined to think that it's James Ford, but I have no confirmation on that. Either way, congrats to him, congrats to Sam and the rest of the Haypennies on getting such a high-profile person to work with them, and I hope it works out well. As for me, well, the most important news in my life right now is that Jay Paul has returned. Jay Paul, J-A-I-P-A-U-L. If you are not familiar with the name, I highly recommend you get familiar with the name because his song, Jasmine, is, in my mind, the greatest song of the 21st century, largely because it doesn't sound as though it was written by a person. It sounds as if it was beamed into our atmosphere from the further regions of outer space. And he has returned and put up on streaming services the the album that was made up of leaked material of his back in 2013, I believe. And I remember waking up and discovering that his album had been leaked, buying it on, I want to say, Bandcamp, but I'm not sure, being refunded once it came to light that it wasn't his official release, but someone who had found some of his material and leaked it online and charged people for it and now six years later it's he's actually released it himself he posted a really long letter explaining all that he's been through since his music was leaked online and it's really heartfelt and i appreciate him sharing that and i feel awful that he went through so much on the result of people leaking his music i feel a little bit guilty enjoying the music as much as i do because of what it put him through but i'm it sounds as though he's come through the other side. I want to say better for it, but hopefully he's at least on his way to being in a better place. Because the music, that, though it was unethical means that it came out into the, wild, into the wider world, I really, really like that album. Particularly the first song on it, Straight Out of Mumbai. I think upon discovering all of this on Sunday, I have listened to that song at least 50 times. 
just on repeat because oh oh i love that song so much so yes j paul has returned metronomy has also returned with another fantastic song called lately which i highly recommend uh i myself i have a gig coming up or my most immediate gig gig like capital g gig is at the stag's head sunday 16th of june as part of the paper boat collective after that i am playing a show on tuesday the 25th of june at the road trip and the workshop and it's looking increasingly likely that i will play that show solo i was hoping i still have yet to have rehearsed with all four members of the band and it's getting a bit close to the date of the gig for me to feel I can have enough rehearsals for the band to be tight for that show. So if I end up playing solo on Tuesday the 25th of June, so be it. It'll still be a good time. At least I would rather go into it knowing I'm going to play solo than come to the night before and think, oh goodness, I think I should play solo because I'm not sure the band is good enough and, you know, stressing and panicking myself over it. So... That was quite an epiphany, quite a a corner I turned in the last 24 hours, and I'm feeling good about it. Otherwise, I have another rehearsal tonight with the Paper Boats Collective to get ready for that show. I'll be playing the drums. I'm hoping to... I finally bumped... I got to see Neil from On Video at Premises Studio, and it was the most I had seen of Premises Studio. That place looks incredible, and I'm really hoping I can record another episode in the... I hope I can record a future episode with Neil where I find out more about Premises Studios. And his band, On Video, is actually playing tonight at Seabright Arms with Spectre headlining. Now, fun fact, I once met Fred McPherson from Spectre at a benefit show for Grenfell. And Peace were the headlining band. I forget the name of the venue, but I got to talk to Fred after the music had finished. And I said to him... A tagline I haven't said in a long time, which was that I think the indie rock throne is there for the taking and I want to take it. And Fred said, send me your demos and if it's good, I will manage the band. I sent him the demos. I never heard back from him, (laughs) which I can laugh about now. And to be honest, I could laugh about then as well. But it would be cool to catch up with him for the podcast because he's a really interesting person who, similarly to the people I spoke to at the Lexington who run White Heat, whose names I can recall because I have a list of all of the episodes in front of me on my screen, but there's now 165 of them, and can I find that one episode among them? It's not looking likely. Oh, I'm scrolling. Boy, am I scrolling. But there's just so many, I can't quite remember who it was. Ah, Ollie and Matty, episode 56. I spoke to Ollie and Matty, who have been in London. Same with Sydney, actually. They've been in London at least since 2008, if not before then, and have seen that last boom of indie rock especially in london the libertines and block party are the bands i really think of as being luminaries in that field these folks were there at the front line front row whichever you want to call it when all that was happening so it'll be interesting if i can talk to fred about what life was like in london in the live music scene back then how it is now the comparison what's changed in the interim etc etc so fingers crossed i get to talk to him if not you know no harm no foul we'll see what happens anyway this episode is already a long one because of a really good chat, and it was a really good chat. I hope you agree. So I'll not make this outro go on any longer. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks again to Sam Belcher. I'll put links in the in the notes for this episode. I'm still not really sure what that's called. In the notes, in the in the blurb, whatever it is, I'll put some links to where you can find out more about Sam and his band. 
in that I've actually been going back through some of my older episodes because Spotify, if you type a link to something, on SoundCloud, I've typed links and then gone to a new line to type the next link. But on Spotify, it doesn't recognize that space. So it will post the hyperlink and then put the next word right in with the hyperlink. So instead of it being Instagram.com forward slash John Smith, new line, and also blah, 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 it will say Instagram.com forward slash John Smith and, and then the rest of what I've written so that link becomes useless so I've started to go back through my old episodes to correct some of those links not that you needed to know that but I thought I'd share it anyway so thank you very much for listening I will hopefully catch you on tomorrow's episode but until then take care of yourselves and I'll see you around